Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back, everybody. It is Debbie Sardone, and today's entrepreneurial interview is going to be therapeutic for me personally. I have been so excited about talking with and interviewing Lorraine Brock of Get Organized ever since I connected with her. Lorraine Brock got started organizing everybody's lives back in 2007. She's a professional organizer, a speaker, and a family coach. Lorraine has presented on the lifestyle stage at Cowboy Stadium with stars such as Ty Pennington of ABC's Extreme Makeover Home Edition, Jason Cameron of DIY's Man Caves, and Desperate Landscapes. So Lorraine Brock, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. What a great way to start the new year is to talk with someone who's made her life and her career around helping others get organized. I am just curious. First of all, tell me what a family coach is, and then I'm going to find out how you got started in this business. So what's a family coach? Absolutely. A family coach is geared towards helping the family. And because organization is our primary source of revenue and obviously source and way we want to help people, uh, we quickly learned that if you don't take care of the dysfunctional things in the home, now we're not counselors, but like kids' chores, allowance systems, meal planning, um, learning to be able to get those foundations organized that you, I guess, assume that you're going to be good at one day or your mom's going to teach you, but maybe not so. So those are the things that a family coach, it goes and looks at the structure of the family, uh, things that's the foundation, uh, but it's not really organization of the physical spaces. That would be a total separate area. And I would assume that the disorganization of our physical space is uh, reflected in the disorganization of our emotional space and our life and Nor- our family. Absolutely. Clutter is normally a byproduct of other things going on. And sometimes those other things can be seasonal or it can be something that's more permanent. You know, that's interesting to know. Um, there are people out there that are your all or nothing people. And at times I tend to be one of those people. I want to do it all right. And I want to embark on this massive thing and I want to do it right, but I don't have time. So I don't do anything right now. And I am so proud of myself that I actually took care of this before today's interview because I would be so ashamed. But my desk and my office at my home, because I work out of my house most of the time because I do business consulting by phone, was so disorganized and such a huge gigantic clutter mess that had gotten out of control because I gave up. It was Mm -hmm. so messy. And every time I looked at it, I was frustrated and there was no point in tidying it up because it needed a massive purge and tidy. So what do you do to help someone just start? Because my problem for a while was I just let it get worse and worse and worse. Finally, I spent an entire day and I purged my office and it feels so good. And it's like, man, I was in misery for months because I didn't enjoy my office and now I'm enjoying it. I'm thinking, why didn't I do this sooner? How do you get people to start? Well, if I ask you to 
learn a new language or I ask you to clean out your refrigerator or get your, in your case, your office desk organized, everything takes time. And unless you can, you know, there's a difference between planning to do something and scheduling it. And I have those things that are a mess in my life. I mean, because they get behind or you get overly busy for a season, but I schedule everything, even if it's weeks out. I know in my mind, I feel so much better that knowing this day, I'm either going to take out in my, my case now, start taxes, payroll taxes. I, you know, I need to get people's w, you know 1099s and all their taxes stuff to them. I have a day on my calendar that I'm like, oh, I don't have any time to do this. But if I look at there and I plan an eight-hour day or I plan a five-hour day or two hours to accomplish it, I know it's coming down the pipeline. And that's the first thing to getting. I mean, just to say you're going to get to it, it's just saying it doesn't, doesn't happen. You've got to really schedule it. So that's what I do. And, and people think of that's long-term scheduling, but it's the truth. It really does. It's appointment like a dentist appointment. It's You set that appointment to go. You set that appointment now to take care of your desk. You know, January is National Get Organized Month. And I know that because you told me it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. But it's National Get Organized Month. And... It is, according to the statistics, organization is one of the top 10 New Year's resolutions. So I find it interesting that you talk about scheduling because it never occurred to me that I could maybe once a month just put on my calendar 20 minutes to purge and clean my office. That never occurred to me. Yeah, absolutely. I even put things on my calendar like monthly filing. I don't want to do it daily. I mean, I don't, I really don't have the patience to do that. So I have a little section that's papers just to be filed. And then once a month on my calendar, you know, that appointment might have to be moved for something that comes up unexpectedly, but I don't just let it. You move it instead of delete it. it. Correct. I think that is really helpful. I would never have thought to put filing, if that seems to be a task that piles up and gets out of control, I would never have thought to put that on my calendar. But if, if you are in a business where you have a lot of paperwork and a lot of things that have to be organized and filed away, it's going to be like most of it, something we dread it piles up, then we waste time digging and hunting for something that's not in its proper place. And then once a year, you do this massive crazy purge and you dread it and you hate it. And you had to be frustrated all year. But if you put it on your calendar, monthly filing, how smart. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I use my calendar as a working scheduled to-do list. I don't have a separate to-do list and the calendar. It all goes together. I do that too. I love my Google Calendar Mm -hmm. and I have my virtual assistant that can help me manage my Google Calendar and add appointments on there for me. And I will put phone calls on my Google Calendar. I've got like three things I have to do on Friday and they're not really appointments. They're just call this person. That's right. Excellent. And then I can open up the calendar and I can make notes about the phone call because a month from now, I won't even remember what we talked about. Who am I calling and why? Yeah, exactly. Or did I ever call them and what was the results of the conversation? So I love the idea of scheduling things, even trivial things like keeping yourself organized. Sure. So let's talk specific areas. Give our listeners a tip for organizing an area of their home, maybe their kitchen. Where on earth do you start when you're frustrated with the lack of organization of your kitchen? Well, you really want to, a kitchen's going to be an area that's going to be 
entered into by the many people in the family many times throughout the day. So you're probably going to, unless you're going to just kick everybody out, you probably need to do it in sections. Uh, if you can kick everybody out, you can get done with it in a day in most cases. Um, really some great organizational strategies for the kitchen is don't, for example, don't keep your spices in your pantry. Keep them closer to where you cook. And don't worry about putting them alphabetically because the time you add more spices, you have to shift the shift the letters down. And it really is, you know, it's that's a dream world. It's it, too minutiae. It's too, yeah, exactly. It's unrealistic. Unrealistic. <laughs> for most of us. Just put them in categories how you use it. Maybe these are baking. Maybe these are, you know, for, um, you know, seasonal things or for um, or most, Christmas. Most commonly used most versus commonly used. rarely used. Yes. Yes. Um, also, the door on the inside of your pantry, make sure you're using your door. Uh, there's levels of organizational products that are on the low cost to the more expensive. A clear shoe organizer for the inside of your pantry door. You say clear shoe organizer, Ooh. but it's $15. It's clear pocket. It hangs on the inside. You can put straws. You can put, um, you know, uh, snacks in there. You can eat bottles of Worcestershire sauce. Metafast packets <laughs> yes. could go in there. Oh my goodness. I would never yes. have thought of a clear. In fact, I have a clear shoe organizer hanging behind a door that's been there a couple of years and it's empty because I bought it thinking oh I could organize with this yeah, and, and I never knew what to put in it yes and most people put shoes because it's right. a shoe organizer oh, so but then you can smart. go on up to container store alpha products and spend you know $150 for a door so you know those are a couple quick tips to you know but I would start with probably the drawers because the appliances are going to be bulky and big and you don't want to I would not hit that area first I would normally hit your drawers drawers are a challenge my problem with drawers is they're out of sight. So it's not humiliating if somebody walks into my house and they see how stinking messy my drawers are. So if you walk in, my kitchen looks nice and neat and tidy and organized because I'm not going to allow that humiliation. That's right. But if you open any of my drawers in my kitchen, you'll be appalled. They're a mess. They're disorganized. There's stuff in in all the drawers that could be in one so when we come back after the break, I'd like for you to help us get some of our drawers organized. Sure. So don't go away. This is exactly what we need. We'll be right back with Lorraine Brock of Get Organized. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with Lorraine Brock of Get Organized, and you can find her at Get Organized WS. Most of us think .com or .biz, but hers, her website is Get Organized WS, and you'll find schedules there of events that they hold and you can sign up for their newsletter and get your life organized this next year. So do visit getorganized.com 
WS. So Lorraine, before the break, we were talking about organizing the kitchen and our conversation shifted to the drawers, which in my kitchen are a disaster. So the kitchen on the surface looks neat and tidy. You open any drawer and you can't find anything and it's messy and the drawers are bulging. So you have to kind of shove stuff to even close the drawer. How can you help me? I need that help. The dreaded drawers. <laughs> oh, it's okay. awful. All right. So in front of me, I know the viewers can't, our listeners can't see this, but in front of me, I have a couple just clear shoe boxes and you could use cardboard ones. And really, I this is only two here, but you can actually line them up like by the dozen. Um, and there's different size containers you'll need. So what I do is I start by sorting everything first. So I don't go into my drawers and go, oh, here's a picture of my kids when they were a baby and stuff at the bottom. Oh, look, everybody, how cute these are. You know, Sidetrack. Sidetrack. Side squirrel mm-hmm. type squirrel. thing. Squirrel. Right? So what I do is I make categories. And, you, and, and this one says just happens to be labeled paper. And then there's one labeled toys. And again, this is just a small, you know, it could say visual. office supplies. It could say electronics, photos, electro. Okay, yeah. So whatever you think you're going to encounter during this, right? Deep- and those labels might you might add to it, and you just start taking that drawer and you start setting paper clips in the office supplies, the you know the baby stuff with the baby stuff, the toys with the toys, and home decor with home decor, and just sort the drawer because most people get hung up with having a reunion with their clutter and and trying mm-hmm. to make the decisions every time they touch it. A reunion and, with your clutter. Yes, it's yes. horrible. It's horrible. It, it delays the result and it obviously demotivates you because now it's taking so much longer. So just sort, and then once everything is sorted, then you can go back and make decisions. So what if you find you have batteries, and you have paper clips, and you have rubber bands, and you have a few toys? How do you know where to put them, especially if there's some things you will need in your kitchen? Obviously, our kitchens, sometimes we do need to have access to our batteries, our paper clips, and our tape. Sure. How do we know where to put them back? Well, it may be multiple locations in the home. For example, we have a two-story home, and we actually have office supplies upstairs in a hallway. Uh, We also have office supplies downstairs in the kitchen. We also have hardware upstairs, a hammer, screwdrivers. No one has to run downstairs. I would never have thought of that. So you you make a home based on how often. I mean, think about the things that cause you dread. I need to get that tape measure. It's out in the garage. You know, right. bring one into the kitchen, bring, put one upstairs. And so, so you know, wherever you use it most yes. is going to drive where you should keep it. And for most part, absolutely. Sometimes it's based on who uses it, uh, how frequency it's used, the frequency in which it's used. So there's a few factors there in the space that you have. I mean, the size home you have and the amount of space you have. You know, this is making lot. so much sense for me. I have a closet where I have all the wrapping paper and all the bows. But guess what? The tape There's and scissors. no tape and scissors <laughs> in that stupid closet. Yeah. The the tape is downstairs and the wrapping paper is upstairs. Yeah. This makes so much sense. You are sense. going to correct this tonight. I am so <laughs> going to correct this probably this weekend. <laughs> that is brilliant. I mean, such a simple concept, but that is what causes you to procrastinate. Yes. Is you just you don't have time to be running up and down so therefore you don't do something. Right. And just think of all the extra time you're going to save and you can apply that somewhere else. And, you know, too often we have one tape dispenser and one scissor. What makes sense is I should have 
a couple of tape dispensers Correct. and they're upstairs and an extra scissor and it's upstairs with the wrapping paper or in that little drawer. Correct. And instead of always running around looking for that one item that we have and then nobody put it back where it went. So it's not even in the drawer we thought it was. Correct. <laughs> you got it. Because you didn't want to run downstairs to put it away. If there was a place where it belonged upstairs, you would have put it away where you could find right. it. Right. Otherwise, time. you just set it on the counter or somewhere where you're using it and you'll get to it later. And that it later. Gets misplaced. Right. Never excellent. Comes. Excellent. I love that. Well, that's a lot of help. And of course, the visual that I get to see because we're in person and our listeners can't see is these boxes that you've brought, you've labeled the outside of the box to help me as I'm decluttering a drawer. Yes. And it, it says it on the box. And I like that it's clear because it's a little bit easier to see stuff in mm -hmm. it. And it's shoebox size. So we're not talking this big container. Correct. It's the size of a shoebox. And that's a manageable task. If I did maybe one drawer a week or one drawer a day, it's better than never doing anything. That's right. And you can use, I use sticky notes a lot for my projects. You can just, you know, add a sticky note to each box every time you find a new category you need to add. Oh, very good. Very good. So I want to talk about the laundry room because this is a frustration for me. My laundry room is not real large. And for some reason, it keeps becoming the giant catch-all. It, it is, I'll purge it, I'll clean it, I'll make it all nice and tidy. The counters are all cleared off. So now I have a place to fold clothes. And I am telling you, within six weeks, it's a cluttered mess. There's stuff piled on top. How on earth do you clean up a laundry room and keep it organized? Do you, by chance, pass through your laundry room to get into your house? Yes. That's why it's that way. Yes. Okay. So um, on the laundry room side of it, I, I'm a big believer of teaching the family members to bring down their own laundry. And, Good point. And then so you don't have to go and get it. And then if someone's going to throw something in the laundry room, have them put it in sorters that are already in there. If Now, obviously, every laundry room is going to be a bit different based on the, the square footage and how it's laid out. But if you can, have some kind of laundry sorter in the laundry room so everything's not always on the floor. Yeah. Uh, if someone throws in a pair of white socks instead of on the floor, it needs to go with the white socks in the in that little file in that sorter laundry sorter. Um, other things you can look at doing is uh, try to go vertical on the walls as much as possible. A lot of times there is a little area above washers and dryers before there's the cabinets. Mm -hmm. uh, not totally wasted blank space. Totally wasted blank space. But you can't put a whole bunch of stuff there. But normally you can install one shelf, like a closet-made shelf from Lowe's. And those closet-made shelves has little baskets that you can hook on underneath the wire shelves that right. pull out. You can put, you know, you can put like rags in there or socks. Little places. Maybe you can put, you know, example. Uh, we've had a lot of times we put battery organizers and attach them to the wall instead of them being on a shelf in a box in a laundry room or somewhere else in the house, we'll use the vertical space of a wall to mount a battery storage system on the wall. Excellent. Um, so, you know, also the same thing earlier I said about shoe organizers. You can put one on the back of your laundry room door and keep stain sticks, and, you know, all those things that you need, not necessarily just for laundry, um, screwdrivers, hardware, things that you might just put in there. Another thing I would mention quickly is just light bulbs. Light bulbs tend to find their way in the laundry rooms a lot. Yes. Don't let them just set on a shelf. Take a container and put them in so you containerize them. And that way they're not laying they on a shelf. They don't roll off. They don't roll off and yeah. break. Excellent. I'm telling you, these are little things that drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. You live with it. You learn to live with it. And, and, and 
your life is cluttered and it's it's very unenjoyable to see these messy areas then spend a bunch of time purging and then make them messy again so i love the idea of the containers i like the idea of using that wasted space above the appliances yes what about mail this is another area that drives me crazy my husband has his mail i have my mail we both have junk mail and I, i don't know if it's a mental thing that you just don't want to make a decision so you just let it pile up but how do you control the mail that's for other people in your house and it ends up piling up in your kitchen on the counter or the table those permanent stacks of papers that never go away permanent stacks of paper i would say there well there's two things number one um there's an app called paper karma and it actually is really a good app that you can actually take a picture with your phone the barcode of your mail and it can reduce the amount of junk mail you get it's really really efficient so it it helps stop it the really helps stealth okay. the mail coming. I like that. Um, the other thing, for what mail that's going to continue to come, uh, I use a system a lot called a tickler file. And I need to put things into that system on a daily basis. I look into a daily basis. It's, it's all by date. So if I'm doing something next Monday and I have a document that goes with it and let's say new patient doctor forms for a doctor that I've filled out, I will put it in the date in that tickler file for the actual date I'm going to the doctor, not leave it on the counter until I go. Excellent. So and anyone can look at ticker files online and find out how to set one up. It's not, you know, just pertinent just to me. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a flyer in the mail and I said, oh, I want to go to this, like a neighborhood thing that was yes. going on. And I and I said, oh, I'm going to hang on to this because I'm going to go to this in three weeks. And I stick it on the bottom of the pile. Then the date passes. Correct. And I never even went because it was on, Put the, it on your calendar. Bottom of the pile. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. I could have thrown that piece of paper away if I just took the time to add it to my Google calendar. Yes. Such great tips. Well, when we come back after the break with Lorraine Brock, of Get Organized. I am going to see if I can help you with a business challenge or dilemma. So don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Hi, I'm Debbie Sardone, founder of Cleaning for a Reason. Our mission is to give the gift of free house cleaning for women undergoing treatment for any type of cancer. Our goal is to let these brave and strong women focus on their health while we focus on and take the worry out of cleaning their homes completely free of charge. To learn more on how you can help provide the gift of a clean home to a woman battling cancer, visit cleaningforareason.org. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And we are back, and I'm your host, Debbie Sardone. And I have in the studio with me today entrepreneur and successful business owner Lorraine Brock, and her company is Get Organized, something that really resonates with me because it's one of those elusive dreams and goals that I always have of being organized never can quite reach that goal so Lorraine thanks so much for being in the studio with us oh, today it's been fun so far Thank it you. really has been fun and it's just so encouraging to talk with you because it kind of gives me hope that I can go home and fix those kitchen drawers and <laughs> and purge my laundry room and maybe this time it will stay neat and tidy because I'll put some tools in place that will help me stay organized yes But uh, we were talking during the break that I do a lot of business consulting and training and 
I work with maid service owners all over the world to help them grow and scale their business and solve their employee issues and their marketing troubles and their, their issues with scaling their business and growing or, or plateauing. And so I love to help business owners, no matter what industry they're in, solve a dilemma. So I asked you during the break if you could share something as a successful entrepreneur that does frustrate you that maybe I can help you with. Sure. And let me be clear, this doesn't frustrate me yet, but I'm looking long term down the road. And um, I love what I do. I love my speaking, running my company and the business development side. But eventually down the road, I'm going to want to step out, but keep my business. And being that I am the one that does the promoting of my business and um, my speaking engagements, and I don't feel that really anybody else can do at the level that I do on the speaking how do I handle that transition from me being, you know, front and center of the company to to not doing that and still not losing any revenue because the speaking does bring in quite a bit of revenue. Exactly. The speaking becomes your marketing tool. And even though it's something you enjoy now, it is a part of your marketing strategy. Correct. Um, and very similar to even a maid service that where the owner wishes or wants to set their business up so that someday their business runs, doesn't shrink, continues to bring in the same level of revenue or more as the owner steps away. And that is a dilemma that most business owners face and many of them never create a business that can run without them. And if you focus now while you're still excited and enjoying being a part of the day-to-day activities, if you focus now on the day that you don't want to have to be the one that shows up every single day to make things happen, whether it's marketing or organizing or whatever role you play, if you focus now, you will make that happen. One of the things that I, I, teach people is for your business to run without you, you do have to begin now to put into place the things that will replace you. Mm. And right now, we both agree, you're probably the very best spokesperson for your business. You're going to be the the most well-spoken, the most articulate. Your classes and seminars will be um, probably done the best because usually when the owner does those, the owner is the best person to do it. But I had to realize there was a time in my business where I had to, if I wanted to ease myself out of my business, I had to hand off some of those responsibilities to someone who will do a good job, but probably won't do as good as job as me. Right. And at a certain point, you have to begin to accept that. So now is the time to groom and train those lead organizers that have more than just the ability to organize. But you've identified a few of your top organizers who are good with speaking. They have a good public presence. And you begin now to groom them Mm -hmm. to take a TV spot that you don't have time to say yes to. Take a radio interview like this one that you don't have time to say yes to. You begin to bring that person with you and you groom them to be the mini me to, to, to take your place. Because if you don't, then if this is your primary strategy for marketing, then you'll never be able to pull away without sales dipping. You also diversify your marketing strategy. So for example, in the maid service world, there may be two or three 
best, most amazing strategies to get customers in the door, but I need to diversify. So I need to know that my newsletters bring in new accounts, which you've said they do. Right. I need to know that my speaking engagements bring in new prospects and close new deals. But I also need to know that social media is working and all these other things, whether it's print media for your industry or not, uh, you know, mailers, if those things work, you begin to put those in place now so that you personally do not have to be present for the phone to still ring with new business. So I would say now is the time to begin to groom not one, but two or three people who can take on those extra jobs. Now, if the Today Show calls you, you're going, right? Sure, absolutely. You're not going to send your person. But if a really small radio station calls you in Dallas and it's just not something you have the time or the energy to do, you've begun to groom that person to take your place. Maybe they're really good. Maybe you would have been amazing. We have to learn as business owners to settle for really good. And what I teach our business owners is... We often think that if we don't do certain tasks like PR, that we're going to potentially trade um, the way we do it, which is probably near perfect when you've spent years honing your skill. We think we're going to trade it for mediocrity if we're not the one doing it. And the truth of the matter is you can trade it for excellence. And we kind of forget that. We think that it's either not going to be done well or it's going to be done by me in this case, PR, in other cleaning business owners, for them, it's the actual cleaning. They're afraid that if they transition the the task of cleaning, and there was a point in your business where you were probably fearful early on that if you train somebody to do the organizing, they won't be as good of an organizer as you. What happened? You had to trade maybe your perfect level of organizing for somebody else's excellent level of organizing. So you didn't settle for mediocrity. You don't have a bunch of real mediocre average organizers. You have excellent organizers. Maybe the owner would have been perfect at it. So what? You can't scale yourself, right? So I say you apply that same principle that got you out of the field as an organizer and into the office and into the uh, media rooms. You apply that principle of grooming people who maybe won't be as amazing a spokesperson as you are. And that's not, that's not ego talking. You know your skill. You know your craft. You know you're the best in the industry, right, in your particular right. niche. And it's okay that somebody else you groom won't be you, but they'll be good. They'll right. be excellent. They'll be an outstanding representative of you. So I say, some people think this sounds negative, but I say it really is lowering your personal standards. I know it sounds horrible in a way. Yes. Right. But you're lowering your personal standards because the trade-off isn't mediocrity. Right. Or average or sloppy. That's not the trade-off. And we just think it is in our head. The trade-off is we maybe are transitioning from a perfectionist level that we demand of ourselves to an excellence level that we can get out of our employees. Excellent. So, and you don't think that if I was to send someone uh, to do speaking engagements, um, you know, on the level of, which, of ones that I did not want to do, you don't think there would be a possibility of those media outlets saying, no, no, we don't want that person. Who is she? She's not even on your website. They won't care if you've okay. groomed them. Okay. They won't care. And especially if you groom them over time and they're on your website and you begin to elevate their title as mm. an expert, good. A good uh, you know, these people are, are people who have proven themselves. They've proven to be loyal. They're not going to like steal your business blind sure. behind your back. 
and they're paid more than somebody yeah. else. And uh, there are plenty of people, probably even within your staff, that you could begin to groom for those those spots. Excellent. So it's the only way for the owner to get some freedom from their own business. And uh, I enjoy what I'm doing, but yes. I see that. You can't I, do it forever. Forever, correct. Exactly. You know, I was the best person in my company to do my marketing. And that was the last thing I let go of as a business owner. I'm 100% absentee. I have no daily responsibilities that the business depends on me to do. I act as a consultant now with my business. I go in, I consult with my manager, we talk about the numbers. Um, I'm probably the best one to do the marketing for my business, but I've even had to hand that off to somebody else. And guess what? They do an excellent job <laughs> and the business has actually grown Wow! as a result. And so you'll see the same thing. Awesome. So great. I loved helping you with that. So when we come back after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about organizing sure thing. because this is what we all need. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after the break. It was an early morning yesterday. Up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at Debbie But I must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back with Lorraine Brock of Get Organized. And Lorraine is a entrepreneur, a business owner, a very successful business owner. She's been in business since 2007, a professional organizer, a speaker, and a family coach. And we have been talking about organizing our life, our business, our home. And you know, like we started the conversation at the very beginning of the show, your personal life will end up being a reflection of the stuff that you accumulate and the disorganization in your personal life. And I love the way in your family coaching that you address those issues that manifest themselves in our clutter yes. and our disorganization. And I could see that personally when I'm, uh, when my personal life is a little bit disorganized and so is my office and everything else. Right. It all kind of falls apart and it all meshes together. So you kind of help us uh, fix some of that family dynamics that's undermining our wishes to be yes. more organized, which is really important. And people don't think about those areas. They just think about their physical spaces like a closet. Exactly. And it really, is, there's so much more to it than just that closet. Yeah, you're addressing the symptom instead right. of that root cause. So let's talk practically again about some of the things that cause this frustration in our life with all the clutter. And one of the things I think about is Christmas. Mm -hmm. And here we are right after the holidays and my grandkids were here and I bought them a whole bunch of new stuff and they have a ton of stuff already, but you want them to have new things. And then I have as, as the Nana, I have this closet full of stuff now, all kinds of toys and things. So Christmas is over and kids now have all these additional toys that mom and dad are having to find places for 
what are some tips that you can help us with the kid areas and the toy areas? Sure. I'm going to come up from this twofold. Um, One is next year, try to spend some time cleaning out your kid's area before Christmas and or now that it's after the fact, you can take tell the kids to listen, you know, for every toy that you receive, we need to give something up. Now, of course, that's if the child has enough toys. In most the case, that is Yeah, the case. in our country, mostly it's that's in abundance. Right. Yes. That's right. But not so, always. Not always. So um, I do the same thing, whether it's toys or T-shirts. You bring something in, you take something out, because there's, there's obviously not enough room to keep everything, all of it. So, um, you know, just put that in their mind before next Christmas. But if you're, whatever you have, a couple suggestions is one, don't let them open the toy completely like out of the package, uh, all the toys at one time. An, an average kid could get anywhere from 10 to 20 gifts from yes. everybody. Yes. And now you have all these new toys where they're old toys and they're just all over the place. So what I suggest is Keep them packaged, but put them up in the top of the closet and let them order, you know, have four or five new gifts that they're playing with right now. And then if you still haven't gotten to these yet, put them in the top of the closet and give them one per month and let them know who the gift came from. So they can really appreciate oh, it. Oh, very so good. Because they like get tired gift, of them. They get tired of them. One yeah. new gift every month. Of, so you basically try to save back 12 gifts. Yeah. Or at least 11. Uh, the other thing is don't let your kid have access to their toys all the toys at one time. Now tell me about that. That's interesting because you you picture the big giant toy box and all yes. the stuff in it. Yes. And Explain of course a lot of that's that. bulky toys. Keep mm-hmm. bulky toys in toy boxes. But uh, you would take containers like, you know, I have these shoebox containers here. Let's say Army Men goes in one and My Little Pony goes in the other. And let's say on Mondays you play with Army Men. On Tuesdays is My Little Pony. And you can stack them everywhere from larger size totes in a room to a smaller and of course the small shoe size would fit in a closet and it allows them to be able to not get tired of a toy and be able to say hey it's like a fresh toy one new type of toy every day day. that's interesting because you picture kid pulls out the the box of little army men he plays with it for 20 minutes tosses aside he pulls out the box of ponies tosses it aside and you're saying kind of focus on a different set of things each day each day now what I would do is there's going to be things like Legos my kids would never have allowed me to put Legos up and only see them once a week so obviously there's many toys it's going to stay out so the the favorite things that entertain them they would have access to yes but you know you know how do you store this in a room there's a lot of cute or good-looking containers that can go in a corner of a room and stack like the days of the week or even medium size or small that can go into your closet and it will reduce all the toys from being out at one time and then it just staying out and being clutter on the floor yeah and it rotates them and they kind of feel new and fresh by the time they go back to that toy well I really like that idea and I like the idea of taking some of those newer things and putting them up in the closet and pulling them out because then they're new and surprising that's right and yeah. they, they really can remember who they came from then versus here's your 20 gifts, Merry Christmas, who knows who gave right. it to you. They, can, they can't keep up with they that. They can't keep up. Fabulous. So I, th- I really like the idea of rotating things. So if you do have a lot of toys or a lot of things, that when you bring a new toy into the house, then an old toy gets rotated. Yes. And obviously most of us feel guilty about throwing things away. So you can avail yourselves to those consignment type stores and bring your nice toys and get paid for them. Absolutely. And there's plenty of places to donate things to. 
plenty. So it's you're not lacking in and giving them away to someone that could use them. Right. You don't have to feel wasteful. That's right. And I would make it more of an event than uh, in a in a favor of hey we're helping somebody else. But you really need to prepare like your child for this. I wouldn't you know go in there right now and say we're cleaning giving everything away for next Christmas. Just make sure you're trying to do this in advance or they're prepared mentally for having to give up some things. And most most of the time their heart's going to be willing to do that. And you know if you have a slightly older child that has begun to understand the concept of giving to somebody else and even the concept of money, you could literally take the older child with you, take those toys into that type of store and let them get the cash. Let them receive that money if you want to. Correct. And then teach them what to do with that money. They can reinvest it in another toy they've been wanting but didn't get, or they can set that aside to buy some expensive toy you're not willing to buy for them. But it teaches them the value of their stuff that you may not need it anymore, you may have outgrown it, you could actually get money for this, and then you can do something with it. I'll I'll mention this story real quick. My son, when he was in high school, would love the American Eagle-type clothing, and he would not wear it out before he outgrew it. So what we ended up doing, even though I bought the clothes for him, in order to get him to give them up and to be more consistent with that, we would take him to a consignment shop where he would get the cold hard cash. Yep. And he was more willing to do it and it was excited about it and we didn't feel like we were having to pressure him to clean out his closet. So it worked. It motivated it him motivated to purge him. his closet. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because before the holidays, I was frustrated with my closet, which had gotten out of control. And I did a big purge. I did a lot of purging before the holidays. I was just fed up with my messy clutter and I purged my closet and I pulled out blouses and pants and jackets and things I'd outgrown or things I didn't like that I felt didn't look good on me even some things had the tags still on them oh wow and I took them up to a consignment store but it's the kind of store that buys them outright so they don't Mm. really take them on consignment they actually give you cash on demand or they reject them and you send them to Goodwill and I came away with $170 wow. worth of, Good for you. of sold clothing, stuff that was sitting in my closet just getting older and older and more out of date. Out of date. They were in good shape. They weren't worn out. They were still stylish enough. But for whatever reason, I didn't wear them. Sure. Some of them were I just flat out outgrew them, right. unfortunately. <laughs> But it made me feel good because I, I felt less wasteful getting rid of all those good clothes. And I turned around and bought some stuff. <laughs> yeah, added some to it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to apply your principle with the toys to my closet. Awesome. I'm going to try to discipline myself this next year that if I buy a blouse, I need to purge an older blouse. Yes. If I buy a new pair of pants, I'm going to go digging for a pair of pants that really doesn't quite fit well anymore or they're just not in style anymore so i'm going to try to do the toy purge with my closet and this time next year hopefully i'll be able to say my closet is still neat and clean excellent excellent i'm going to do my best you have inspired me today so before we run out of time tell me a little bit about other things that you can organize because i understand you can kind of organize just about anything tell us some unique Uh, things that that we don't even think about. Sure. We've actually organized scrapbook rooms, sewing rooms. Uh, We do complete home makeovers from uh, packing up a home uh, to coordinating with the movers to unpacking to organizing every nook and cranny of it. Um, We've done sheet music for people that listen to music, um, stamping, 
Uh, we've done some, the most unusual client that we organized was a nature preservist that had live turtles uh, in the home walking around. And oh there was things that we had to organize in that home that <laughs> were very unusual. But uh, there's just really not anything. Paper clutter is a big issue. Home yes. offices, people that work from their home. Yes, I, I paper clutter is my challenge because you are forced to make a decision yes. with paper clutter. And it's so easy to procrastinate the decision. It's like, eh, I don't know if I need this or not. I'll just let it pile up. Right. And you keep piling up and piling up when all along you needed to make a decision right then and there. Keep it, file it away or get rid of it. True. And it, it is a procrastination of decision making. And so before we wrap this up, I do have to ask this one question. Have you always been organized? I have. I used to bring, my mom used to bring her friends into my room to see. I would, you know, make my bed and rearrange furniture and constantly clean out drawers. I would, one time in school, I tried to make my mess and my desk, my school desk, really messy to, to suit see what it felt like. And I just, it, by the end of the day, it was had to be organized again. So yes, I've always been this way. So you have the organizer's gene. Yes. You were born with that gene, and I was not born with that gene. <laughs> so thank you so much, Lorraine Brock, for all your great advice. GetOrganized.ws if you want to book Lorraine as a speaker, if you need help organizing your life, or if you just want to take one of her great classes and go and get inspired. Thanks so much for being with us today. Until next time, keep cleaning up in life and in business. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.